Welcome to the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast with your hosts, John Fish and Ryan Venancio. What is up, everybody? Episode 8, a special one tonight. We are doing our first live stream of a fantasy basketball draft. It's going to be the main event and we are looking at uh, you know pretty strong field as usual in these main events. A lot of the usual suspects, and and yeah, I'm out of the one spot. And uh, Ryan is actually to be hosting tonight. So Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to uh, you know hosting this main event. Um, Fish has the first pick, so obviously we're uh, we're taking Joel and beat. No, I'm just gonna. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna we're gonna leave some suspense as to who uh, Fish actually takes, but uh, I think it might be Nikola Jokic. I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. You'll have to you'll have to watch to find out. Yeah, it uh, there's not gonna be too much suspense. Um, I'm going with Jokic. It's gonna be the first time in uh, at least I don't know three four years I think that I've had the number one pick. So I'm looking forward to uh, locking in Jokic for the first time. Um, basically ever because he was always a fade for me, obviously, until a couple years ago. thought he was just going a little too high until he had his full-on breakout. But, uh, yeah, now he's the no-doubt number one pick, and, yeah, I'm not going to waste that opportunity here. No, no, you have to uh, you have to take him. He's too good. He's uh, almost uh, twice as better as the next player. You don't have an option. I have uh, – I don't remember the last time I had Jokic. I've been playing fantasy basketball since I was in high school, which was about uh, 12 years ago. I've had Jokic maybe, how long has Jokic been in the league? Like six, seven years, maybe a little more than that. I think I've had him like one or two times. Fantasy basketball gods do not uh, do not reward me with the first overall pick too often, if at all, unfortunately. Yeah, it's funny because I did uh, uh, my first uh, baseball draft. I actually got the number one pick. Shocker! And <laughs> in baseball, you know, I you know I do so many drafts, it doesn't really matter. But uh, in basketball, it's obviously a huge advantage with number one pick. So I'm finally, uh, you know, happy happy to finally lock that in. So uh, we'll see how it goes tonight. I'm uh, looking forward to it, though. Yeah, and the other thing about Jokic too is that um, so many players are injury prone in basketball, and so many players like miss games. Uh, because of rest or anything like that, Jokic is the best player by far, and he doesn't miss games. So it's just like you almost can't do better. Um, if if you were to do like a three sport, uh, if you were to like rank the top players from each of the three like major sports that do fantasy, like basketball, football, baseball, I think Jokic would even be the number one pick, even in the three sports. Like that's how dominant he is. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, we've seen people doing those, you know, those drafts with that that have all of those three drafts: um, baseball, basketball, and football, all in one draft. And you know, obviously, it takes uh, days and days and days for that to finish. There's just so <laughs> many players. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Jokic has to be the number one. He's, he's, I mean, he's just clearly so much better in basketball than everybody else. And there's arguments in the other sports, you know, especially football. Um, we, we've seen it with football, you know. I mean, Christian McCaffrey started off really slow. Jonathan Taylor has been, uh, you know, 
not not good obviously and now he's hurt and um you know in baseball there's we've seen these early drafts we've seen all kinds of different guys uh going first overall so um basketball we don't see that it's Jokic and it's only Jokic and uh, and that's basically any format too I mean basketball you know Roto eight cat nine cat it's all Jokic and as it should be and um yeah I'm looking forward to uh finally getting a piece of that pie and getting him onto this team yeah so this is his um eighth year in the league seven his games played 74 72 73 80 75 73 80 so it's just as reliable as it gets. For sure. And, you know, he had this little wrist uh, issue, you know, and I, I was a little concerned about it, but seeing him play in the preseason now a couple games and uh, he said he's fine. Um, you know, I don't think they would put him in harm's way if it, if it wasn't, uh, if he wasn't really ready to go. So um, I don't really have any concerns there. Yeah, no, definitely no concerns for Jokic. Um uh, uh, the ADP I'm going to be referring to tonight is going to be from uh, online championship ADP. Uh, there's been seven drafts so far. Jokic has obviously gone number one in all seven. The number two player off the board is actually Joel Embiid, and even number three is Giannis. I, uh, in my opinion, Durant, um, I, I, I have Durant easily over Giannis. So if you have a, I don't know, if you have the fourth pick. And Durant falls to you there. Uh, I think other than having Jokic at the one, I think that's the ideal spot for me in a draft like this is to have four and have Kevin Durant fall to you. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Durant's, the you know, another guy in the first round, one of just a few really that, um, you know, do everything kind of across the board. And to me, he's he's the number three um, just because, you know, center, we've talked about this in previous pods, center is a little uh, – it's not as deep, uh, you know, in NFBKC as as we would like to see. Um, you know, guys like Evan Mobley not eligible at center. You would think he would be, but he's not. So, and then you got the center injuries that have already happened: Robert Williams um, and like Chad Holmgren. Those guys going down. So the center, the thin field for centers gets even thinner. So I got Embiid like clearly as my number two. Uh, but yes, Durant absolutely number three. Uh, no question there for me. So even in a Fab League where you. Uh... You might only roster two centers. You might have three, just in case. Um, but you only need two or three centers. Um, so for me, it might be tough because uh, in a DC, I would take Embiid at two because the rosters are so deep. You're going to need three, four, five centers. Um, and it helps to get one out of the way. But in a fab league, I think you only need two or three. You might only even need two solid ones. Um I think Durant has a case for two in a fab league. No, yeah, I agree. He definitely has a case for it. Um, just for me, uh, I just, again, I like to get that that center. I, I Forwards as well, though. I like to hit those forwards early, too. So I, I totally, I'm, I have no argument with, with Durant going two. Uh, it's just, I just like him be just a little bit more getting that free throw percent. Um, from Embiid on such a large quantity um, it's just it's just very very tough for me to pass that up I mean those guys that live at the free throw line if they can shoot at a good percentage and this is why we like Harden so much because he gets the line so much and shoots it at such an elite rate it just makes it so much easier uh, throughout the you know the rest of the draft was uh, as you move along yeah and speaking of Harden he is eighth in ADP uh, his average draft is seven 
Um, now rounding out the top 10, we have, like I said, Durant at four, Carl Anthony Towns at five, which I'm a little surprised about. I'm fading Towns, especially at that price. Uh, you know, adding Gobert and uh, like we said before on the pod, and Edwards taking the next step. Towns is going to have to play on the perimeter a lot more often, and that's going to really hurt his field goal percentage, his blocks, and his rebounds. Um, we have Luca coming in at six, Jason Tatum at seven, uh, Harden eight, Trey Young nine, and Tyrese Halliburton ten. Now, one of the players I've been super interested to see where he goes is LaMelo Ball. Um, he sprained his ankle, I believe, and is, Basketball Monster has him missing 16 games. That's pretty significant. Um, and if we're going by early OC ADP, it looks like there is no discount or not, not enough of a discount. If that is the case, he's currently 18 in, in ADP and the latest he's gone is 28. So if you're, if you're basically penciling in 15 missed games, and again, that's a rough estimate. It's not guaranteed he missed 15 games, but let's just say for argument's sake that he does. Um, you're taking someone in the top 20 that you know is going to miss 15 games. Is that something, even though uh, there's a good chance LaMelo, uh, there's actually a good chance LaMelo makes it to you at the two spot. Would you at all consider LaMelo with your second pick? It's tough. It's tough because he was a huge target coming into the draft season. And that's actually in the middle of my uh, last draft champions where I did take him at, uh, I believe it was pick 10 or 11. And, it's it's really tough. I don't know if I I don't know if I can. <laughs> it's just it breaks my rule of like drafting injured players that are coming into the season that are injured coming into the season because you just don't know. You know that like you said, it could be fifteen, it could be five, it could be twenty five. You know, we just we just don't know. There's just not enough information out there. Um, what I have seen though, uh, there hasn't been really that much of a discount on them. So. The odds that he is there at 24 is probably pretty slim, um, but there's definitely definitely a possibility there. Yeah, that's his max. Um, on average, he goes at 18. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's enough of a discount. His ADP and DCs before he got hurt, I believe, was right around the 1-2 turn, so it was about a 12-13 ADP. So, really, he's only dropping five spots while missing uh, a little bit under a quarter of a season. So, that's... Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I could pull the trigger on him at your draft spot because of the third round reversal. So you're going to pick Lamelo and Jokic, and you're not going to get another pick for uh, for another 12 picks. So that that sort of hurts you. I think if there was no third round reversal, Lamelo would be easier to take there. But because you have to wait 12 more picks to make your third selection, uh, I think it makes it a lot harder to do. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's been one main event so far, and he went at pick 14. So, um, you know, there wasn't really much of a discount there. That, you know, that, that uh, you know, that guy in that draft spot obviously doesn't have as much concern as as maybe you and I do. So you just never know. These, uh, these main events um, and, the you know, the online championships, they're all different, every one of them. So the only thing that remains the same is the guy that I'm going to be taking here in a minute and a half, and that's Jokic. Yeah, or, or I hope that um, I hope that the player didn't uh, wasn't aware of Lamelo's injury because in my DC that 
I believe we drafted a day or two after the injury. He was taken at 14. I was taken at the one-two turn. I, w- I had picked 12. Uh, I took Booker and out of bio. I passed up on Ball, and Ball went at 14, and the person that took him had no idea he was injured. <laughs> so hopefully hopefully that didn't happen in the main event, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. When did that uh, DC start for you? Uh, about a day or two after the Lamelo injury. So okay, all right. Uh, so I think this I'm, main event was just yesterday. So I sure hope if somebody's putting you know a thousand dollars down in a league that they know that he's hurt. But um, I would think know, I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who the person was, but they said in the chat, oh, I I I guess I'm paying the vig because I had no idea Lamelo was injured. Um, I just that, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, let's see real quick before the draft starts when he got injured. Uh, it was about five days ago, and it's saying sources sources say he's going to miss one to two weeks. I wonder, and you know, not everyone uses Basketball Monster, and I'll be quick here, but they're usually very good within season, like injury predictions. They take like past injuries and compare them. You know, say, oh well, this guy did this, so. You know, they think he's mm-hmm. going to this, this many games. So I'm surprised it would be one to two weeks and um, they're projecting 16 games. Yeah, I wonder if that's um, – do, do you think that's just this injury or do you think that's like including, you know, possible missed games just normal, normally, like if he wasn't hurt? Oh, it says injured left ankle estimated return November 18th. Okay. So, yeah, that, they are saying that's – just due to the injury. So. Yeah, they're projecting to miss a month. Yeah, that's interesting. So so the top three, so my top three go right off the board, Jokic, Embiid, and Durant. No yeah. surprises there for me. Uh, I, I think I'd much rather have Durant than Giannis just because of the free throw percentage. So that's no surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, man, Giannis is so good, obviously, in points, rebounds, you know, steals, blocks, field goal percentage. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, and he's starting to hit some threes, but obviously not, not as consistency, uh, you know, not as consistent as he would like. But uh, yeah, that free throw percent in a roto is just with, you know, with an overall prize, like you want to be good across the board, right? And um, it's, it's just his free throw percent, really. You know, if, if he shot, let's say he shot 80% from the free throw line, he's got an argument to go number one, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just the volume in which he shoots the free throws and the poor percentage that could be as low as 70, 72%, which is basically, you're basically punting the category in an overall competition. Um, Luca, the, the other player in the first round that has that issue, uh, Luca's similar. He's slightly better than Giannis in free throw percentage, but not by much. And again, a really high volume guy that's tough to build around. Yeah, you can, I mean, uh, Luca. Uh, it's uh, this guy. Obviously, I, I selected him. I had the men pick on him. Um, I think it was uh, twenty nineteen um, when I won my main event. Um, I had the men pick on him, and that was my target all along. Uh, I knew I was taking him, and the, the points, the rebounds, the assists are all fantastic. Uh, we've seen the steals and the blocks come up a little bit over the last couple of years. And, you know, he's, he's going to shoot a decent field goal percent. Uh, not not great, but, you know, not not terrible either. But, yeah, it's just the free throw percent with him. Obviously, going to give you a ton of threes too, but it's uh, it's the free throw percent with him. And, you know, we've talked on previous episodes. We think that he's, he's, he's such a good shooter. He should be able to be better, you know. And 
you know, 75% isn't, isn't like terrible or anything, but um, you know, getting 75% from a guard with, with the volume that he gets the line is, you know, it's yeah. kind of less than ideal. Absolutely. And the next three picks off the board um, after Doncic, Jason Tatum, who I really like at the spot, uh, he's a forward and he just does everything. Uh, the health is reliable. He's an absolute stud, in my opinion. Uh, Carl Towns going at seven, Harden at eight, and Tyrese Halliburton, which is a little bit of a surprise, at nine. Um, but I, I like it, though. Halliburton is um, uh, is an awesome player. You're going to get a ton of assists, steals, and great percentages. But I think taking him over Trey Young, even though you might agree with it, taking him over Trey Young is a tiny bit risky because Trey Young's done it before. Halliburton hasn't. Yeah, uh, so uh, it's it's tough. Um, I, yeah, I'm definitely fading Trey Young. I would probably take Halliburton over Trey Young. the the thing The thing I'm looking at here is like Lamelo Ball would have easily been my pick there over over uh, Trey Young prior, or I'm sorry, over Kelly Terry's Halliburton prior to the injury. But I don't know anymore. And you're you're already seeing kind of things getting a little crazy down here. Like you got, you know, Anthony Davis is going in the first round. And it's um it, it's tough down there in that back end. Now I, I really like that to begin with. Uh, you know, early in draft season, just because you get that third round versatile, early third round pick. And I feel like there's you know 15 solid first round picks, and obviously there's only 12 picks in the first round. So there's 15 solid players that could go in the, uh, that should be first round picks, in my opinion. And yeah, uh, with Lamelo Ball kind of you know kind of out of that mix for me now, it, it's a little bit more difficult down there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, Anthony Davis goes pick number ten. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, he's played seventy six games in the last two seasons combined. Um, he's an amazing player on a per game basis, but you're taking a huge risk, especially in a fab league where you only have um, what is it a six man bench or a seven man bench? Five man, uh, four man bench actually. Four man bench. So in a yep. four with a four man bench, <laughs> I wasn't even close. Seven six five four. <laughs> uh, with with a four man bench, Davis is a guy that's always going to be day to day. He's going to miss a ton of games. He'll probably even sit some back to backs. In my opinion, it's just a guy that's going to be a nightmare for you all year long. I can't even come close to taking him at at ten overall. Yeah, so I mean, I like him just because the per game numbers are just. Are just there you know and you just you don't need you don't need 80 games from him with those per game numbers i think you just need if you get 65 you're happy right and you know he hasn't been able to do that the last couple of years but maybe he can this year i you know you just don't know he's definitely going to get hurt we all know that um it's just the length of time he's going to miss and you just hope it's not one of those like day-to-day things where you don't know if you can start him or not you hope it's just like okay he's going to miss a week perfect you bench for the week you put somebody else in um, but you just, you know, you just don't know, but I, I just, those blocks, those steals, um, you know, like I said, you know, previously the, the, the lack of centers, it's just, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's on my board. Um, I do like him. Obviously I'm not going to get him that, um, tonight or tomorrow night. I'm doing main event as well tomorrow night. I'm not going to get him, um, be dropped from the two spot there. So I don't have to worry about it. No, definitely not. And whoever had pick 11 is uh, probably doing backflips that Trey Young fell to him there. But it's interesting. He went Trey Young and Darius Garland. Now, Garland has gone around 20, pick 26 in the OCs. 
So to see him go 14, that's uh, that's about uh, that's reaching about uh, a, a round like 12 picks. Um, that's a pretty pretty surprising for me to take Darius Garland over Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. It's definitely not something I would do, but that's uh, really interesting there. And then whoever had picked 12 went Kyrie and Steph Curry. They just wanted as much volatility with their pick as possible, uh, getting two super talented guards. But that's uh, that's a lot of volatility to take on with your first two picks. Uh, yeah, uh, there is Garland. I thought actually he was going to be a possibility for me at 24. Um, I thought with the trade, with Donovan Mitchell going there, I thought maybe some people would be a little scared off. Um, obviously not in this draft. They are not scared off at all. Um, so, yeah, I can safely cross him off. And there goes another guy I was considering at the at pick 24 and Anthony Edwards. Um but yeah, but you know, this is this is what you kind of get yourself into down here at the back end. There's tons and tons of guards uh, that you know that are the best players, and really the only center that's kind of worth taking a shot on down there at that back end is Anthony Davis. So we'll see how those teams at you know Team Eleven and Team Twelve, who both started with guards, and Team Nine as well, um, two guards. We'll see how they attack the the forward and center positions in you know third third round, fourth round, fifth round, and so on. Yeah, I really like uh, Team 9, starting Halliburton and Lillard, two amazing guards. I don't think you can go wrong there. And then Harden and Bio, I think, is a really good match. Uh, they pair really well with each other. Adebayo's got uh, not an amazing field goal percentage for a center, but it at least pushes Harden's up, and and Harden's uh, free throw percentage goes well with Adebayo's. Adebayo gets blocks. Uh, Harden hits the threes. They, they both contribute uh, a little bit in steals. So I think that's a really good pairing right there. And then team seven went with a little Timberwolves stack, went Carl Towns and Anthony Edwards, which is pretty interesting. I think that's where Edwards should be going, but we've seen him in DCs go as late as the third round. And um, uh, to me, I, I would take him all day in the third round. I think mid second is perfectly fine for him. Yeah, for sure. We, we've talked in previous episodes, like we haven't seen his best season yet and it's been pretty, pretty damn good so far. So yeah, um, I, yeah he's definitely got, uh, he's got more room to grow. We'll see how things work with, with Rudy Gobert there in Minnesota now kind of clocking up the lane a little bit, but um, you know, we mentioned this as well in previous episodes, like his Anthony Edwards athleticism and just his ability to shoot the basketball is he's going to have tons of opportunities, whether or not Rudy Gobert is clogging the lane up or not. So um, yeah, I definitely agree. He should be going mid second. Yeah. Like you said, though, we saw him go sometimes in the mid third and it, just, it was just crazy, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, See how this uh, end of this first or second round shakes out here. I got a guy I'm eyeing uh, heavily. His name's LeBron James. Um, I am on deck. He's probably going to go, um, but we'll see here. Yeah, LeBron um, uh, was your target all along. No, you want you were hoping that LeBron uh, would fall to you in the second. Um, yeah, I didn't think there's any chance he'd be here at 24, and he might still not be here at 24. Um, to me, he's a first-round pick. I think he's a back end of the first-round pick. And uh, we'll see what this guy decides here. This guy's already got um, Embiid, so hopefully he's thinking he needs to get a guard. Yeah, guards are flying off the board. Um, team 6 paired Tatum with LaMelo Ball. That answered our question about LaMelo Ball. His ADP is 18, and he went 19. So right about the same. And not shockingly, uh, Team 2 takes LeBron James to pair with Embiid right yeah. before you. 
Of course. Um, so I'm going to take a guy here. I know you're not high on him, but I love him. And um, again, another, he's a little bit of an injury risk, but uh, uh, I just love the threes, the steals. I'm going to guess it's Paul he's, George. Yeah. He's super elite in, uh, in free throw percent and just, just going to continue to build that free throw percent. I'm going to get a forward here. Um, we kind of talked, I'm not sure if we ever started recording it or not, but I was going to go forward here. Um whether it was going to be Paul George or uh, Pascal Siakam was my other uh, big option. And I'm, I'm a little bit upset that I didn't get LeBron James, but I will settle for Paul George and that's fine for me. So, yeah, so I thought, I actually thought you were going to take Siakam, but, um, you know, it's not something I would do, but Paul George is certainly an app is an absolute beast on a per game basis. And you have two star players. Well, everyone that's been taken as a star player, you have two star players that are forward and center. Uh, you and team two are the only two teams to have forward and center locked up already while everyone else is taking guards. So your targets later on are going to be, you know, Rogier, De'Aaron Fox, guys like that. They're guards that go in the fourth and fifth. And, you know, you have a leg up because you have one of the elite forwards and one of the elite centers. Um, yeah, that's uh, man, just get just getting a tease of possibly getting LeBron there at twenty four. Uh, it's kind of puts a damper on things, but <laughs> I still get the guy that I was essentially targeting, and you know, we'll we'll see how things shake out. Uh, the one other thing we got to mention though with Jokic is. You know, he does um, fill up a center spot. And as good as he is at everything, um, he's still not super elite in blocks. And, you know, Paul George obviously isn't filling that void for me yet. So um, I'm going to have to look at getting some blocks at some point as well. But, um, yeah, I can't go wrong with the Jokic and PG start. Yeah, surprisingly, at least surprising to me, John Moran goes off the board at 25. I His ADP in OCs is 23. I can't believe his ADP is that high. Uh, he's too injury prone. And even on a per-game basis, he's barely worth that pick. Um, uh, I just can't take him over uh, like a guy like Cade Cunningham hasn't gone yet. I wouldn't in a million years be taking John Moran over Cade Cunningham. But, um, you know, uh, apparently that guy, uh, Team 12, won't take, um, you know, a lot of risks. And he certainly has talent with Kyrie, Steph Curry, and John Moran. But you're taking three injury-prone players back-to-back-to-back. And... um, you know, not everyone builds the same way, but that's uh that's an interesting way to go. Yeah, you know, we, we saw a really good season last year from John Morant. And yeah, like you said, it, the, the per game, it still wasn't quite there, right? And uh, you know, I think it's the thing that holds me back from taking John Morant is just the free throw percent and the lack of threes. Like getting both of those um, you know, kind of subpar from a guard, it's just it's just not something that I like to do. Um, but obviously I get it, you know, he's, he's an elite scorer. He's super fun to watch. Uh, his assists are going to be there. Um, but yeah, it's the, uh, it's just kind of the lack of, uh, lack of, uh, threes and free throw percent for me. Yeah. And I guess he pairs well with Curry and Kyrie because they're both great in free throw percentage and threes, but, um, still, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to take him over Cade Cunningham, uh, team 11 pairs Trey Young and Garland with Damanis Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis is an absolute monster in counting stats. Um, a little bit light on uh, on blocks and free throw percentage, 
but he is going to give you a shit ton of points, rebounds, and assists. He's just an absolute monster in all of those categories. Yeah, he really is. And, you know, the, the thing about Sacramento, and this is, um, you know, we, you mentioned De'Aaron Fox as a possible option for me, and I, I really like him. Um, the thing for me with Sacramento is we kind of saw them shut those guys down last year um, and, you know, kind of go into tank mode. I, I don't know how good Sacramento is going to be this year. I think they can be pretty solid, but at the same time, if things kind of go off the rails early on, they might ease up and and, and shut those guys down again. And yeah, we'll see. Like you said about the bonus, uh, Sabonis as well, the, the lack of blocks. Um, you need to start him as a forward, in my opinion. You can't take that that severe hit in blocks if you're going to be starting him at center. There's only certain cat, you know, positions that can hit that can get you blocks, right? And it's not going to be guards. So it's kind of it kind of has to be your centers. So if you, if you clog one of those center spots up with a guy who gets like 0.5 a game, it's just it's very tough to tough to overcome. Yeah. So team seven uh, is interesting to me because they went Towns and Mobley. Now Towns, like we said already, is going to play less perimeter. I mean, less uh, more under, on the perimeter, less under the basket which means his blocks are likely going to see a decline. And Evan Mobley, even though I know you're a big fan of his, his blocks went way up once Jared out and he played majority center. Um, now Mobley's more of a forward, power forward. Jared Allen's more of the center. So I'm interested to see what Mobley's blocks look like now that they're playing a full season healthy together. Um, uh, it's possible that they're not all there or as much as you want them to be. Uh as a center to make up for town's potential lack of blocks. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's interesting. And you know, you got, you have to get blocks from Mobley for, for his value. Cause he just, you know, he doesn't, he's not quite the um, you know, the playmaker yet that you want to see. And there's, you know, there's going to be a ton of usage from the, from that backcourt. So he's not quite to that level that you want to see um, that you want to have to rely on uh, the kind of one category. And, yeah, I do like Mobley. Um, I do like him in a certain um, certain build. Like I think if you have somebody like Jokic, like my start, like I feel like you could have been a pretty good fit for my team just because I do need the blocks. Um, but yeah, so he's obviously off the board. I'm on deck here. We'll see if uh, this guy wants to snipe me again. Uh, okay, he did not. He took Bradley Beal. Um, so I think I'm going to get uh, my two targets here. Um, like I just mentioned, I need to get blocks uh, out of, uh, you know, because I have Jokic. So I am going to select Miles Turner first. And then with my next pick, I'm going to get my first guard. Um, you know, if we're looking at this roster right now. I got Jokic, Paul George, and Miles Turner. I got one assist guy, and it's Jokic, right? So I'm looking to get some more assists here. I got Paul George, who hits threes, so I, I, I like that a lot. And Jokic and um, uh, Turner, obviously, will chip in there as well. So I'm not super concerned with the three-point ball yet, but uh, I am going to select Drew Holiday to get a second guy that is really elite in steals um, to go with Paul George, who's also elite in steals. So I feel like I got a really good base here with this uh, this top four. That's a great, yeah. Drew Holiday is a great pick there. That's that's who I would have taken. Absolutely. Um, he's going to give you all-around production, uh, a ton of steals, and he's just a reliable player. Um, Chris Paul goes off the board next. Obviously, Chris Paul is close to Drew in value, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's just hard to rely on Chris Paul being 30, 38, 39 years old now. 
Uh, Drew's still in the prime of his career, and um, uh, he's just much safer, in my opinion, than Chris Paul. It, 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 we know what Drew does, right? Like, we know he's super elite in, um, in steals. He's uh, really good in assists. Um, his free throws aren't aren't really uh, that great, but, um, you know, it's not going to hurt you at all. And you look at uh, his threes, like he was able to hit, you know, he's knocking down about two a game. So, you know, it's fine there. The thing for me with him, um, you're looking at Chris Middleton missing some time to start the season. So Drew Holiday is really going to be relied on. And I think we're going to see a scoring up a little bit in the early parts of the season. And when Middleton gets back, he's going to get back to being, to being Drew Holiday. So I think his end of the end of the year numbers are going to be really, really solid. Yeah, so um, just break down the other teams. Uh, team two goes Embiid, LeBron, Bradley Beal, Chris Paul, getting uh, their two guards to pair with the forward and center. Team three with an interesting build. They kind of they pair Durant and Van Vliet with Kawhi and Porzingis. Now, similar to Team Twelve, that is a ton of injury risk to take on. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, Leonard and Kristaps might be two of the top ten most injury-prone players in the entire league. Um, if not injury-prone, most likely to, you know, sit, get get man- load management, anything like that. Or Kawhi had the injury. He was someone that sat uh, back-to-backs and was load-managed at the end of seasons. Um, team four then goes Giannis, Murray, Vucevic, and DeRozan. They get two Chicago Bulls to pair with Murray and Giannis, my one worry with this build is that you're getting virtually no threes from Giannis. Uh, Vucevic has above average threes for a center, but still not many threes. And then DeRozan doesn't give you any threes. So only one of your first four players are really getting three-pointers. And DeJounte himself isn't like a great shooter. So I feel like that team is really light on threes. Yeah, and I, I've said this before. Like threes is the one thing you can you can kind of target, um, you know, in, in the middle stages of the draft. But yeah, you don't want to get too far behind though, because it's not like one guy can make it up for you. So um, yeah, this is the, the base of you know, uh, the start, like the first four or five rounds, you kind of just want a very well-rounded team, and then you can kind of target uh, guys that can you know hammer certain categories to to, in, to increase your lead or to catch you up in in those categories. And now this is the point of the draft where we're going to start to see a lot of centers go off the board. Valanchunas and DeAndre Ayton go after DeRozan. Uh, Scary Terry goes to Team 7. I think that's a great pick there. He could easily be a third-round pick uh, beginning of the fourth. Uh, he, he's going to be a tremendous player this year that gives you all-around uh, contributions. Uh, two forwards then go off the board in Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler. Uh, I don't uh, – even though Jimmy Butler – is um really injury prone sit games he just does every year if you're gonna draft him you draft him on a team with Halliburton Lillard and Siakam three really reliable players yeah for sure yep I like that pick that's worth the risk right there um that team 10 Paris Booker Cunningham and Anthony Davis with Zach Levine and big Zion finally off the board that's an interesting uh, combination though, because Sabonis and Williamson both aren't great in defensive stats. So I don't know if that's an amazing pairing there because uh, that team's going to be a little light on defensive stats with Trey Young and Garland obviously giving you no blocks. And then Sabonis and Williamson also giving you no blocks. 
So they're going to have to take um, a center sometime soon, like Pirtle or Sengun or somebody like that, that could potentially give you like monster block numbers. Yeah, what Zion does for you here, because Trey Young and uh, Garland are not going to get very many rebounds for you. Um, I think he attacked the you know attacked the rebound category fairly well with Sabonis and Williamson. But yeah, like you said, the um, the, the blocks aren't going to be there. But there's still time to, to grab some centers here. Um, Christian Wood another, in the fourth round. That seems uh, that seems pretty early, no? Yeah, that's aggressive. End of the fourth. That's pretty aggressive. I didn't even. I mean, not the hate on the pick, but I didn't even have him as my fifth, sixth round option. <laughs> um, so, but, but I mean, yeah, maybe he believes in the, you know, him, him taking off with Luca there and uh, the, the new scenery. Um, going back to uh, Zion quick, the one thing Zion, uh, one, one of the main reasons I've always kind of faded him is because he kills your free throw percent. But if you have Trey Young and Garland, you know, as your top two uh, free throw guys, like it's not the worst. Um, it's, it's not the worst in the in sense of like tanking your free throw percent. Now, now we're going to see a lot of centers go off the board. Wood and Pirtle back to back. Wood is center eligible, I believe, in NFPKC. Um, and you're sitting pretty right now because you have your two centers. So you're not looking at, at a center. You know, you have your blocks with, with Miles Turner. Um, you could play him at forward potentially and grab another center, maybe if someone falls or if you have another target later on. But it's not something you absolutely need, uh, which is, in my opinion, the beauty of taking Miles Turner, someone who averages two and a half to three blocks a game. He could almost win you the category or make you passable in the category by himself. Yeah, for sure. The the forward center eligibility is fantastic for him. And, you know, if I did have a center that was, you know, that falls to me, I can, I can, you know, lock that in and just start turning out a forward position. Um, but the way things are kind of shaking out here, it's almost looking like he's probably going to be a center for me. Uh, Jakob Pertl was, was a guy that I was considering possibly at the five, six turn, uh, depending on build. I'm, I'm always been a big fan of him. Just does the big man stats that I like, the, the rebounds, the field goal percent, uh, the blocks. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, now with him off the board, it's kind of looking like Turner's going to be more of a center for me. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how things shake out here. And another center goes off the board in John Collins. Um, and then Desmond Bain and De'Aaron Fox are the next two picks. Desmond Bain has been interesting to me all draft season because – You've taken someone uh, 53rd overall who's really only stand out in one category. Um, and even though he doesn't really hurt you anywhere necessarily, he's got good percentages. He scores a decent amount for a fifth rounder. I'm just not sure I can pull the trigger on him, especially over someone like, uh, like De'Aaron Fox that uh, can impact so many categories for you. So is Desmond Bain uh, someone you'd ever consider with your fifth round pick? No, absolutely not. Uh, I would never, ever take him over De'Aaron Fox. Um, I get it. I get why people like Bain. Tons of threes. He kind of came uh, not necessarily out of nowhere last year, but took a huge leap last year. And maybe this could be something I'm just missing, but maybe he's got a little more to his game. But, yeah, I just, uh, you know, 18 points and three threes a game. That's that's nice. Uh, but I'm just not seeing anything else. He's weak in assists. I get it. His free throw percent is great, but it's two attempts a game. You know, that's not really moving the needle that much, even though he does shoot, you know, 90%. Um, I just can't do it over someone like Deer and Fox who's going to get you uh, tons of points, tons of assists, tons of steals. 
Uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, something a lot of people don't talk about, is he's actually really good in field goal percent for a guard, um, 47% the last couple of years. So he's um, he's somebody that I, I really like. I knew he wasn't going to fall to the end of the end of the fifth. Um, not with this, uh, not with this room. Um, but yeah, Desmond Bain, I just I can't do it. Uh, I just just leaving too many stats on the board there. Yeah, just not stand out anywhere other than threes. But uh, again, you know, everyone builds differently. Uh, not saying it's a bad pick, just not something I would do. Um, then after De'Aaron Fox. Uh, CJ, we have CJ McCollum and D'Angelo Russell. I know you're a fan of Russell, but I feel like he hurts you too much in field goal percentage. Um, so he takes so many attempts and he's around 41, 42%, even though that's not like, uh, you know, you're not losing the category. It's a pretty big hit to take, uh, with someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's got to be in a certain build. Um, I, would I have taken him? Probably not. Um, even though I do feel like I have a decent field goal percent right now, I don't think it's elite enough uh, to take him. And again, this is like getting Paul George uh, in the second round. I'm getting a ton of threes. Um, I don't really need, you know, I'm good in points. I feel like I don't really, you know, super need the points from D'Angelo Russell, which is one of his things he does well. Uh, the threes, you can always get the, you know, you can always use the threes and he's good at the free throw line too. And I do like Russell. Um, I just don't know if I would have taken him in this build. I'm actually, I am, <laughs> here we go. again with team two. Um, Chris Middleton is still on the board and he's my like easy, no doubt pick. And uh, we'll see here if I get sniped on Chris Middleton. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm shocked. Team three that already has a center and Porzingis would go Yusef Nurkic who really saw his blocks fall off a cliff. And now Tyrese Maxey goes to team two, leaving the window open, wide open for you to take Chris Middleton with one of your two picks, which I'm assuming you're going to do. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of nervous about the about the injury, but I don't, I don't think he's going to miss much time. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction, and I can just fill in until he's ready to go. Uh, these two picks are actually going to be really easy for me. Um, Chris Middleton is going to be one. And the other is going to be Jalen Brunson of the New York Knicks. Over, um, is that just purely on you think uh, Jalen Brunson is a more reliable player? Is it because of the percentages? Um, what's the thought process there? Yeah, I like the percentages. Um, I like the opportunity now with the Knicks. He's going to be kind of running the show. Um you know, he's going to have to kind of wrestle with Julius Randle, but <laughs> who's going to ha- have the ball more, but um, you know, they paid him well and he's going to be the starting point guard for the Knicks. And I just like the percentages. Um, I think we're going to see some numbers go up, uh, especially the assists. Um, he's going to have more scoring opportunities, but yeah, his biggest thing is, is the percentages. And uh, I say it was pretty easy, but it wasn't exactly easy. There was another guy on the board that I really, really like uh, Jalen green for Houston Jalen Green just doesn't quite do as much as I like, um, as much as what Bronson does for like what I'm looking for here. Jalen Green's going to be a better scorer. He's going to hit more threes. There's no question about that. Um, but the, but the percentages are you know the main reason I'm, I'm lo- I locked in Jalen Brunson there. Kind of the same with Chris Middleton. I mean, this this free throw percent that I have going for this team right now is phenomenal. Uh, I couldn't be going any better. No, you got a really nice pace right now, especially. 
you know, just adding Middleton and Brunson, I think that's stability. Those are two guys you can really rely on. Um, they're both going to give you assists. They're both going to give you good percentages. They're both going to score. Um, and, and pairing them with with Jokic, I mean, you just have such a leg up. You really, in my opinion, once you have Jokic, you just have to play it safe with guys to just build around him, and, you know, Jokic will do the rest. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I just I, – it's it's actually really tough for me to – I mean, obviously we're six picks in, so we can't, like, overreact. But it, it's kind of tough for me to see a weakness with this uh, roster I put together so far. Um, but we'll see how things shake out. Um, you know, maybe I'm looking at some more threes here at some point uh, with, with Drew Holiday and Brunson really not hitting a ton. Um, but like I said earlier, the, the threes are one of the easiest things to target in, in drafts in the middle round. So, And you have two centers that hit threes, so that kind of makes up for it. Yep, yep, exactly, absolutely. Now we see um, team two went with Keldon Johnson. I like that pick a lot. He's a forward that's going to score a ton this year. Um, and then his teammate, Evan Vassell, goes to the next pick. Also really like that. Um, Jalen Green who's one of my huge breakout players uh, this season. Obviously, um, I'm totally fine with taking Jalen Brunson over him, but I think Jalen Green could easily be a fourth, fifth-round pick. I think I just think he's, he could have um, a huge breakout season. Um, Paulo Banchero uh, goes next to Team 5. Julius Randle to Team 6. Then we got Wendell Carter, Kevin Porter, Ogiana Nobi and Brandon Ingram. Um, now I haven't checked ADP on OCs, but Kevin Porter going there seems a tiny bit early to me. That is pick seven. That's about pick 68. Uh, is that around where he's been taken? Uh, it's ADP 77. So it wasn't huge reach, but uh, a tiny bit. His min in OCs was 72. So that's a few picks before uh, his min in that contest. I think the surprising pick for me in this round is Wendell Carter. That's got to be, it's got to be close to a min pick, isn't it? Wasn't he going in? Or maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Maybe. Uh, so Wendell Carter, that's pick 67 right before. Uh, yeah, his ADP in OCs is actually 68. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody. Oh, I know who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson. This is who I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitchell Robinson <laughs> here would be. Um, would be quite the pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So team 11 uh, decides to not address their lack of blocks. They go with Mikal Bridges, who's a nice safe player, but sort of similar to Desmond Bain where he, you know, he's going to, he's going to give you the volume, but he's not quite the best player on a per game Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's all volume. Um, I know there's been some whispers that he's gonna increase his you know usage and stuff like that, and then have the ball in his hands more. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a. I mean, it's a solid pick at the end of round six. I don't I don't mind it. Um, just kind of looking at what that team needs, though. Like you said, like they did not address the blocks at all. Uh, I'm curious to see what they are going to do at the center position because unless they you know place the bonus at center, but. Yeah, blocks is looking to be uh, certainly a weakness on that team as we as we progress here. Team twelve goes with Franz Wagner and Jeremy Grant, uh, two rock solid picks right there. I'm a fan of both of them. 
Um, and we would imagine Team 11 takes a center right here. Let's see what they do. I like those. Uh, I like that turn there, Wagner and Grant. Um, one thing people don't talk about enough with Jeremy Grant is, you know, obviously he's in a new situation with, with Portland, but his defensive stats have been, uh, they've always been pretty good throughout his career and they've been like off the charts in preseason. So I think you're looking at, you know, if, if you're kind of behind on blocks, uh, targeting somebody like Jeremy Grant at forward to kind of make up for that a little bit. I think that's a, uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good decision by him. Yeah. Well, um, team 11 decides not to take a center yet. They go with Tyler hero um, to get some scoring. And then team 10 takes their second center and they pair Clint Capella with Anthony Davis. Um, next off the board, another rookie Jabari Smith, who could be a rebound defensive stat three point machine. Uh, the issue with him is that uh, like most rookies, uh, his percentages probably aren't going to be great. And he's not a free throw percentage guy. Uh, at least he wasn't in college. So you would think it, that doesn't carry over to the NBA. Uh, so his, his one weakness is that his percentages are going to be pretty poor. But other than that, he should, in the other six categories, be a really solid player. Yep, I agree. I absolutely agree. Nailed it right on the head there. Uh, team eight goes with Laurie Markkinen. I'm a really big fan of that pick. Um, he's obviously on Utah. Not, he's not on Cleveland. Um, and he's going to get a ton of run. Uh, I, I was surprised to see um, when I was looking through his projections, I was surprised to see, um, let me pull them up really quick. Uh, they actually have him for 45% field goal percentage, 86% free throw percentage and three threes per game. That's a pretty sick combo, even though his defensive stats were a little weak. That's a pretty sick combo for a forward center. Yeah, he was absolutely going to be one of my targets at the seven eight turn here. Um, so I'm a little disappointed to see him go because remember I mentioned I, you know I feel like I need to get some threes and he was definitely going to be a target. But uh, yeah, I actually had some shares of him uh, before the trade, and that, once the trade went in, I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. His usage is going to be through the roof with Utah. There's just not much else there. So yep. I think that's a great pick here in round seven. Yeah, that's an that's that's an awesome pick. Um, and then going off the board, two huge question marks: uh, Michael Porter Jr of the Nuggets, uh, just hasn't been able to stay healthy lately. When he's on the floor, the potential is tantalizing, but it's uh, it, it's hard to imagine, you know, consistently be on the court just because he hasn't shown it yet. Um, and even, uh, you know, the reason why he fell in the draft, I think the Nuggets took him with like the 17th pick or something. It was uh, his number one guy, but fell because of the injuries, and that just hasn't. Uh, it just hasn't solved itself at the NBA level. Um, team six goes with Ben Simmons, who we know is a potential nightmare. I know you know because um, last year was he on your main event team last year? I believe he was, right? Yeah, I took Ben. I took a shot on him in round eight, and obviously that didn't work out at all. Um, I thought it was worth the risk at that point, and you know sometimes you, you take swings and you miss, and that was uh, that was one of those uh, situations last year for me. So. Yeah, it didn't work out too well. I'm surprised to only see a one round. Uh, well, it's not at this count, actually. He's going higher than he went last year, which is really surprising to me. Uh, that you, um, he was, was he injured before the season? Is that why you're able to get him so late? Uh, y yeah, it was the whole like it was just a nightmare. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, it was just a nightmare of what was going to happen with him, and um, yeah, that's uh, didn't work out. But you know, sometimes you got to take shots, and and you know, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But I'll tell you right now, I'm very, very disappointed to see Buddy Hill go off the board. That was uh, a clear target for me. Yeah, I knew that would be a target uh, for you. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's not good to see him go off. Uh, I'm just kind of looking here. Um, so as, as quickly as I made those uh, previous picks, we're kind of going to run into a little bit of a situation here where um, it could take a little bit longer than normal. Let me just scan so, the board here. So Mitchell Robinson goes to team two. Um, some players that are highest on ADP that haven't gone yet. Um, Jamal Murray, I don't believe, has gone yet. Um Another player around here, Al Horford, I don't believe has gone yet. Colin Sexton, PJ Washington, Tobias Harris, uh, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith are the guys around this ADP range that I don't believe uh, have gone yet. And obviously, you just said you're looking for threes. A few of those guys will help you in that category. But um, it, this is the part of the draft where it gets pretty tough. Yeah, so I'm going to make one pick. I'm going to take Gary Trent. Um, I just love Gary Trent. That There's the threes I need, but he gets a ton of steals too. And um, I know some people might not like that pick, but uh, I do. <laughs> uh, he just addresses what I need there. And um, let's see what we're going to do here in the second he's, one. He's going to give you three steals and a touch of scoring. Yeah, this is uh, my my picks, uh, my clear picks. Buddy Heald and Keegan Murray went off the board, so it's a little bit more difficult for me. Um, Jamal Murray, yeah. I'm a little bit nervous on just because I don't think he's gonna play back to backs. Yeah, he's kind of dinged up already. Yeah, it's tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can go here, and your team's pretty well rounded. So honestly, you could uh, go in any direction. Yeah, I'm gonna take Jamal Murray. I'm gonna take a shot on it. There's just too much upside there. And if I was taking uh, Ben Simmons in round eight last year, I think taking uh, Jamal Murray in round eight this year is going to be just fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, I think he should should have gone earlier. Um, yeah, he's just uh, – he's a rock-solid player that on a per-game basis is obviously going to be way better than the eighth round. And uh, even though he got a little banged up in one of the preseason games, he seems to be healthy enough that at least he's playing in the preseason. So at least you know he's not missing any games to start off uh, the, the year. Yeah, and, you know, he'll be under a minutes restriction to start the year and whatever. But, you know, if I can just, uh, you know, just, hey, you know, I think the team's, my team's well-run enough. I'll be be in the mix after, you know, the first month or so. And then I think, uh, you know, once Jamal Murray gets into the swing of things and really gets going, uh, I think it's just going to be uh, – you know, it's it's a pick that could put you over the top, basically. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Again, sometimes you got to take chances on guys. Uh, the one thing I am kind of getting just a little bit nervous on is, you know, with Chris Middleton being, you know, out to start the season, if I'm putting Miles Turner at center, uh, I only have one forward. So uh, we'll have to address that, and, we'll, and, and we will here uh, eventually. Yeah, you wanted to address threes as well, and Gary Trent is projected to hit about three threes a game. So you definitely hit that there. And uh, Jamal Murray is about uh, two and a half threes per game. 
and you're getting almost 20 points per game, five assists a game, and really good percentages. So, like I said, on a per-game basis, he's a very, very good player. And, yeah, he's probably going to sit some back-to-backs, but, you know, as long as he stays healthy for the majority of the season, I think that's, that is where, in my opinion, you take the injury risk chances in rounds seven, six, seven, eight, nine. there, not uh, in rounds two or three with Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard, uh, but, you know, that's how I play. There's no one right way to play. It's just uh, it's just what I prefer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, with the thing with fantasy basketball is you kind of have to hit on those first few round picks. And um, if, you know, if you lose one of those guys, it's just so tough to replace. Like if I lose Jokic, let's be honest, like this team's not going it, to, it's probably not going to, it's obviously not going to do as well as we want it to. And, uh, you know, it's just you can't replace those stats, right? So, um yeah, t- but taking shots down here, like, you know, Jamal Murray is my number four guard, and that's, uh, you know, I think he's worth the risk there. He wasn't necessarily on my draft board, but just the upside, um, I think he, I think he's worth uh, taking a shot on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved the pick. Um, and then following Jamal Murray, Anthony Simons, Onyeko Kongwu, who uh, could possibly – Slowly take Clint Capella's job as the season goes along. I really like that. Uh, I really like getting him in the eighth round um, in a fab league because, you know, you obviously don't want to drop your eighth round pick, but I think you're going to know right away if he's getting enough minutes, you have him as your second center. He even has him as his third center. Uh, That's even better. You're not really relying on him. Um, to be that stud guy for you. And if Clint Compella goes down or, you know, he slowly eats into his minutes, you know, you have a, you have a monster in the eighth round pick. Um, after that, we had Jalen Smith, Tobias Harris, Clay Thompson, Al Horford, some nice safe veterans there. And then um, some breakout centers, with Isaiah Jackson and Nick Claxton uh, to round out the eighth round, and then Marcus Smart goes to pick goes to uh, Team Ten. Yeah, Claxton. I know we both like him. Um, if you if you're in need of a center like Team Eleven, like I, like that would have been just such a perfect fit for Claxton to go to Team Eleven, um, just because he needs a center and he needs blocks. That would have been uh, you know the ideal fit. And yeah, he just continues to. Um, you know, it's interesting. He, he just continues to pound guards and forwards. Um, again, Sabonis could probably, you know, he, he's going to have to probably slot him at center. The, the centers are drying up, and there's just not much left there. Yeah, I mean, once you get to Okongwu and Claxton and Isaiah Jackson, who Isaiah Jackson isn't even a, a starter. Uh, right now they're starting big men would be uh, Miles Turner and Jalen Smith. So right now we're getting – basically to the centers that uh, aren't even guaranteed. Nyoko Kongwa is another guy that doesn't start. Um, Washington and Zubats do, but now uh, in the next round or so, we're going to see some centers that, you know, that don't even start going off the board. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just kind of looking at, uh, looking at my team here. What kind of what, like what I need. Um, I think I'm falling behind on rebounds a little bit and up the, 
kind of address that a little bit here next few picks and obviously i will because i'm gonna be drafting forwards and centers so you know if you got four guards in your first eight picks you're not expecting to be elite in the in the rebound category but you know miles turner isn't really an elite rebounder uh paul george and chris middleton are fine for forwards um and obviously Jokic is, is elite but um yeah the rebounds is going to be something i'm gonna have to address here uh pretty quickly i got my eye on a guy um but every time i talk about a guy they get selected so i'm actually gonna gonna hold it in here for at least next uh 10 picks or so yeah just um just scrolling through ADP, I'm pre- I'm shocked. RJ Barrett has a 99 ADP in uh, in OCs, and Jaron Jackson has an 100 ADP. So basically, you're drafting someone uh, in the ninth round that is going to miss half the season. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, uh, I don't know. I know. Um, yeah, uh, no, so- I, especially Jaron Jackson in OCs. You can't. I mean. You're gonna set him on your bench for three months if that's how long he's out. Like those those bench spots are super valuable, and like we said earlier, there's only four of them. So you know you, you can't really mess around with injured guys too much. Like I you know I have Middleton, and I'm actually a little bit nervous about that, right? Because you know he's gonna to have to be on my bench for the first at least couple of weeks, and um, yeah, I, there's no way I could draft a guy that's gonna be out for months. Yeah. Um... So basketball monster has Jaron Jackson projected to come back January 6th <laughs> and miss 38 games. Uh, Chris Middleton shouldn't be bad for you. They have him coming back after six games. So uh, I have some Middleton shares as well. So I'm hoping it's only five, six games because uh, I'm, I'm going to really need him on some teams. Yeah, he's certainly not far off. That's why I was saying like that. He shouldn't be getting that big of a discount, you know. He, I took him in the last year in my main event. I took him at the beginning of the fourth round, and that's pretty much the value he put up. And he's just so consistent; like he's like the the best number two star on a player, like on a team that you could possibly want. Like he's not selfish. He's elite at the free throw line. He's hit big shots. Um, you know, he's twenty five and five, so he's going to get you some rebound. He's going to get you some assists. Uh, decent in scoring. Like I said, the free throw percent's there. The threes are there. So he's the um, – yeah, there's no reason he should be going at the end of the fifth round, in my opinion, because you're missing six games. No, totally. I think he should be going in the beginning of the fourth. And basically, you got him at a two-round discount because he doesn't go for the entire fourth, and he's the last pick of the fifth round. Yeah, and we talked, um, you know, about that first – looking at the ADP just from the first main uh, – from that main event and – um, Chris Middleton and De'Aaron Fox both went in the middle of fifth, and I was like, I would do anything to get one or both of those guys at that, you know, at that uh, five six turn, and you know, I was happy to get Middleton there. So, absolutely. And we start off round nine with some potential sleepers: uh, Walker Kessler, who again is a center that's not going to start for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Markinen and Kelly Olynyk are going to be their starting their starting big man. So again, teams that are waiting on center. You're getting centers that are popping up. Mo Bamba is not going to start for the Orlando Magic. Wendell Carter is going to be their center. And then they have Paulo Boncaro playing power forward. Franz Wagner playing small forward. So, again, another center that isn't a starter. Uh, Draymond Green, Sadiq Bey, uh, RJ Barrett, Herb, and Trey Jones uh, to round out the first half of the ninth round. Uh, Trey Jones is interesting to me. Assists really fall off. Um, Colin Sexton is another guy. Those are basically the last two 
big assist guards. Now, you don't need assists at all with Jokic and Drew Holiday and Brunson and Jamal Murray and Middleton. So that's not something uh, you're looking for. Um, Jaden McDaniels goes in the ninth. I'm not sure if he's center eligible, but I don't believe he is. He's basically just a rebound specialist. Um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's basically rebounds. Um, um, I'm really surprised to see him go that high, though. Um, his ADP is 130. That's o- yeah, that's severely o- early in OCs, <laughs> and he just went pick uh, 106. So that's why I was a bit thrown off with that pick. Uh, and then Isaiah Stewart, another center, goes off the board. And you're here. Uh, you said you were looking for rebounds. You think you're a yep. little light in rebounds. And my guy uh, made it here. Uh, Brandon Clark is going to be my uh, first pick for sure. Need a first. forward, need rebounds. This guy, uh, he does both those. He's going to give you some blocks and obviously an elite field of percent. So he's going to be definitely one of my picks here. And um, the second one, I think I'm going to go back to the forward position. Uh, I had yeah, this guy in my management last year. And okay. I'm going to take him again. I'm going to go with Andrew Wiggins. Okay. So yeah, Wiggins who just um, – did he just lock up a deal today? I'm pretty sure he did. Was that who I saw or was that George? Yeah, f- yeah uh, four-year extension uh, yesterday, I believe, for Wiggins. Four okay. years, $109 million. Yeah. So that's- – let me just talk about Wiggins here quick. Um, so, okay. I, like I said, I think my free throw percent is really, really strong. And I think I could take on that, you know, Wiggins doesn't really shoot free throws very well. Neither does Brandon Clark. Um, but I think my free throw percent is so, so strong that I think those guys are perfect fits here because they're both going to score. Um, uh, well, Brandon Clark might not score as much, but um, Wiggins is definitely going to score. He's going to chip it in threes. He's good in defensive stats. I just think he was a perfect fit here uh, with, with this team that I have going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he definitely uh, gives you what you need there. And, you know, he, he, he's a reliable player. So I don't hate that at all. Uh, one of my big breakout targets this year is Bones Highland. Uh, I love the pick there. I think he's going to have an awesome season. And I think him and Jamal Murray will both play enough that they, uh, you know, both eat. They both, uh, you know, are going to put up uh, monster seasons. Malcolm Brogdon goes after that, uh, more of a bench player for Boston, but he still contributes on a per-game basis, even though he's a really injury-prone player. Kelly Olynyk, I was interested to see where he was going to go because I saw his ADPs around the 120s, and I think that's a steal uh, getting him in the 120s. I think where he went is uh, more appropriate. And then we have Gordon Hayward and Jaron Jackson, who, again, we just talked about, he could miss 30 to 40 games. I don't understand taking him this early. but um, Especially in that yeah. build. You already have Rudy Gobert. Like, you know, you're, 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 you're fine on blocks. Um, that, you know, that same team has Mo Bamba. So, yeah, it's an interesting build from Team 5. Gobert and Valanciunas are going to be, the, you know, the two centers. And then you have Mo Bamba in the round nine, who you're, you're going to start Mo Bamba. I don't, I don't really like that pick. You don't, you don't need another center there. And then, you, yeah, and then compile that with Jaron Jackson. I'm not a big fan of those last two picks from Team 5. And nothing that, you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's terrible, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually I, I thought he had a nice team going, too. And, um, yeah, I just wasn't, a, you know, 
big fan of those last two picks. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Bamba, again, isn't going to start, and Jackson's going to miss 40 games, so uh, not what I would do either. Um, and the next three picks, Bobby Portis, who's another center who doesn't start off the board. Then we go Cam Johnson, who's a pop, who's now a popular breakout pick. Uh, it's likely that the Suns you know, trade Jay Crowder at some point. Even if they don't, Cam Johnson might just end up starting over him anyway. He's a he's probably a better player, and he's a you know, young, dynamic, uh, uh, small forward. Uh, Kyle Kuzma goes off the board, followed by Cole Anthony. Now Markel Fultz um, hurt his toe. I didn't really get to see how many games uh, he's supposed to miss, but it's likely Cole Anthony will start the season as um, as their starting point guard. Yeah, Cole Anthony, um, I'll just start there. I got another thing I want to say, to say about Jaden McDaniels, but um, Cole Anthony, uh, yeah, he's, he's never sh- seen a shot that he doesn't think he's going to make. And, <laughs> you know, he's definitely a score first uh, point guard, which doesn't really, you know, doesn't really blend well with that, you know, kind of with what Orlando is trying to do. And um, I think they badly need Markel Fultz back to, to take over that starting point guard job and, you know, facilitate to guys like Franz Wagner and, you know, Paulo Bancaro. But um, yeah, Cole Anthony, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm just kind of looking at his uh, roster. He's got pretty good scoring already. So he really doesn't need the scoring. I feel like, you know, Anthony Davis is going to score a lot. Devin Booker is going to score a ton. Cade's going to be good. Zach Levine's going to score a ton. Uh, Brandon Ingram is going to score a ton too. I, I don't think he really needed to make that pick, but you know, we're at the stage now where you're, you're kind of just taking shots on guys, you know, guys that could possibly break out, you know, maybe Cole Anthony, you know, finds a stroke a little better. He was one of my pickups uh, in my main event last year. And um, yeah, he was phenomenal for that. You know, that's that stretch at the start of the, or, you know, the beginning of the season. And yeah, he was, he was good. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see how long he can hang out of that role, but uh, kind of going back to Jaden McDaniels, um, I think I kind of got him uh, mixed up a little bit with uh, a former Timberwolf, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Um, Jared Vanderbilt is actually the one guy I was thinking of that is the super elite rebounder. I'm not sure what you're going to get out of Jaden McDaniels. He did get named the starting small forward, but there's there's going to be no usage there with, with what's around him. So, I mean, round nine is just a touch too early for me there. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Maybe he will break out. Yeah, so Jaden McDaniels, um, uh, basketball monster, has him projected for 12 points, one and a half threes, four rebounds, 48% from the field, 81% from the free throw line with almost a steal and a block per game. So not a horrible glue guy. Um, I just thought that it was a tiny bit early. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, those numbers are fine, you know, if if he does live up to that. We haven't seen it yet, but, um, you know, we've both kind of talked, we both like that Minnesota roster, so we'll see if, uh, we'll see if he can, like you said, be the the glue guy right there in the the small forward position and, you know, maybe elevate that team, do some of the dirty work uh, that that team kind of needs him to do. Yeah, so Team 11 finally addresses uh, their centers, and they take Walker Kessler. And Isaiah Hartenstein, I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, he's not going to get the starting job right off the bat, but I think eventually he takes it just because I think he's the better player than Mitchell Robinson. And, um, you know, he's even even if he's the sixth man for the Knicks, I think he plays enough 
uh, where he makes a big impact going in the 10th round. Um, yeah, yeah, he should, um, you know, and we're looking at Team 11. We we're kind of talking about how he was going to address uh, the blocks. And he went with Walker Kessler, who was in the round nine, who was a massive block guy um, in college at Auburn. And and Hartenstein, like you said, I think Hartenstein is probably going to split minutes with Mitchell Robinson. And, you know, we saw what Hartenstein was able to do with the Clippers last year in limited minutes. And if you just get a little bit more run, um, he can improve on all this, obviously improve on those numbers from last year. Um, I wish Hartenstein would have went somewhere else where he could have been the starting center. But, um, you know, Tom Thibodeau, he likes to he likes his starters and he's super stubborn. So I don't know how long it'll take for Mitchell Robinson to, you know, come out of that starting center role. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Oh, yeah, and then after that, on the the turn, we get Aaron Gordon and Monty Morris. Um, Monty Morris is basically the last high assist guy um, on the board. He's going to give you about, uh, you know, around five assists per game. His new landing spot in uh, Washington is going to be their starting point guard. I, I like that pick there. And then we got Jared Vanderbilt on the Jazz, Robert Covington, uh Jalen Williams of OKC, uh, I guess that pick there is, you know, just to have someone uh, until Shea Gilgis Alexander is healthy. But I'm not really sure how much time he's going to miss, um, unless I missed some report that Jalen Williams is starting for the Thunder now. Um, if I go search his name really quick, Jalen Williams. Yeah, he's been awesome in the preseason, so I, I, okay. I get the pick, yeah. Okay, so that's why he was taken so high. Um, but you would think SGA and Josh Giddy are their guards to start the year, so mm -hmm. I guess the plan is to play him at the three. Um, I don't really know his game too well. I'm not a big college guy. I don't know if he's someone that can play the three, but that's, that would be the only place he'd be able to go. Uh, another rookie, Jaden Ivey, goes off the board. Followed by another rookie in Tyree Easton, who is now like the sexy breakout preseason pick because of what he's done so far. Uh, Robert Williams, who's going to miss a big chunk of the season, goes next. Followed by Boring Harrison Barnes, Josh Hart, and Chris Duarte. Uh, now, what are you sort of looking for here? You have your four forwards, you have your four guards, you have your two centers. So basically, you're just filling out your two utility spots with whatever you want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to address um, a couple of things. First of all, I want to, um, I kind of want to get more rebounds. I still feel like I'm kind of lagging just a little bit in there. And um, I want to take a shot on a big breakout guy. So, okay. Um, I got a couple guys lined up here. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody else. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anybody else that I'm missing here. So I am going to take, and this is a boring pick as well, but I'm going to take the starting center of the Memphis Grizzlies, Stephen Adams. And I'm going to take a shot on my on a big breakout guy uh, for the Chicago Bulls, Ao. Ao, nice. So you go Stephen Adams and Ao Dusamu. Uh, Dusamo's basically like an all-around guy. He gives you a little bit of everything. Even has nice blocks for a guard, uh, which is really rare to see. And, um, you know, I had him last year in the OC. He was awesome for me. 
when uh when Lonzo and uh, Zach Levine went down. So hopefully with Lonzo out, you know, Dusamo gives you enough minutes that he's playable every week. Yeah, and he um he did get the starting job, uh point guard job of the Bulls. So um, nice. yes, I'm uh, I'm very happy to get him here. Um super exciting player. Um uh, yeah, I, this is the kind of he's the kind of player that could could easily take a huge leap in year two. And again, these are the rounds you kind of want to take a shot on, on some guys. Cause if they do break it up, break out, it puts you over the top and you're, you know, you're competing in an overall contest here. So um, yes, I love that pick um, for me. Steven Adams is the opposite, super boring, um, but he's going to address the category that I feel like I needed him to address. And that's, uh, and that's the center position. Also, now um, with Middleton out, I can move Turner back to forward for the first, uh, you know, week or two or whatever, and put Stephen Adams in at the, as my starting uh, center too. Yeah, and you're getting a ton of blocks from Stephen Adams and Miles Turner. Uh, they're making up for Jokic's lack thereof. Um, and then after that, we got James Wiseman, DeAnthony Melton, uh, Spencer Dimwitty. Boyan Bogdanovich, who I really, really like, um, especially getting as your last starter. Um, I think he's uh, he's going to have a monster season with his uh, new team in Detroit. And then another center goes off the board in Daniel Gafford. Um, so, yeah, the after this round, it's the bench round, the last four picks. Are you going to look at the first week and try to get some guys because you know you have Milton who's not playing? Are you going to try to maybe fill a hole um, by someone who maybe plays four games the first week, or four like not not the Thursday, not the Tuesday through Sunday? Obviously, I don't think anybody plays four games. But the following week, are you looking for someone that maybe gives you a four game week? Are you chasing upside? What are you trying to do with your bench picks? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at um, taking Reggie Jackson with my next pick, I believe. Um, I know that that uh, starting point guard job isn't quite locked down for the Clippers yet, but I would be surprised if John Wall played back to backs, um, you know, much to, especially to start the season. So I, I think I'm gonna take a look at Reggie Jackson. I, I don't know if he'll, he's gonna make it here or not, but uh, he might. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't put too much stock into that just because. You know, some of the player, obviously all the players down here are just, you know, they all have holes in their game. So I'm still, while, yes, that makes sense to try to lock down a player that plays, you know, an extra game or something, I'm still trying to take shots on, I don't want to, you know, take a, a subpar player just because he has an extra game over somebody who I think could break out. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, it's just that you, um, you know, you want to fill in, that hole that you have with Middleton. So you could potentially, you know, try to volume your way to a utility guy while he's out for the first, you know, week and a half of the season. Uh, Speaking of John Wall, he goes off the board with Derek White, Brooke Lopez, uh, Norman Powell, Dylan Brooks. uh, Oh, and that's it. Um, Yeah. And after this pick, we're officially in the reserve rounds. So really, uh, yeah. Like if you're not taking a, uh, if you're taking a guy specifically for the first week, you're just shooting for upside here. Uh, you're probably going to drop 
three out of four, if not four out of four of these players at some point during the season, unless mm-hmm. they really, unless they really hit for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously maximizing games played is, is important, especially in a weekly, uh, well, bi-weekly, you know, lineup setting situation like NFBKC is, um, but yeah, you know, that's why I said Reggie Jackson, because I think he's going to play, you know, if he doesn't win the starting point guard role, he's going to play a lot and, you know, he can contribute some threes and assists and uh, some scoring. Alexi Pugasevsky goes off the board. He was a popular uh, sleeper pick last season and it didn't work out. So let's see if this season he is able to uh, finally get the breakout. Jonathan Kaminga is another breakout guy. Uh, he had a couple of really good preseason games, but there's not really anywhere for him to play in Golden State. So I'm not sure, uh, unless you're drafting a DC, I'm not sure he's going to give you immediate impact uh, in a fab league. Yeah, this is um, this is kind of the range where in DCs I was I was taking you know even further upside guys, guys that don't really necessarily even have the roles, um, you know, the roles that really defined yet. Um, like for me, like for instance, Reggie Jackson, I don't have any shares in DCs. He's just not somebody I would be targeting in DCs. Um, yeah. But there is a couple guys that I did target in DCs that I'm eyeing up here. Um, one is Emmanuel Quickly. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I love that guy. I just, you see what he did at the end of the last season, and I just can't get enough of it. Like he can basically do it all. And, I just hope that they play him again. Tom Thibodeau is just, you know, Derrick Rose is going to get minutes. Derrick Rose should not get any minutes over Emmanuel quickly ever. No, but absolutely uh, not. Yeah. Emmanuel quickly is just a super exciting player and a guy that hits free throws really well, does everything. Um, so he's, he's kind of a guy I'm eyeing up here. Um, I might go, you know, if he's there, I might go with him and Reggie Jackson. I wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, there's a couple other guys that I'm eyeing up. Tyus Jones has been a huge DC target for me. I don't know if I can take him in a fab league just because he, the reason I take him in DC is because I think that, um, you know, John Morant's going to miss time. And uh, when he, when John Morant misses time, Tyus Jones is phenomenal uh, filling in for him. But yep. with him not missing time, he's probably not going to be a pick. He's going to be more of a waiver wire guy for me. Uh, but Caleb Martin's the other one um, starting, uh, forward for for Miami and kind of just does a uh, you know a little bit of everything can hit a three uh, you know he can block shots and um, yeah so I think he's you know he's a pretty solid safe pick uh, down here yeah he was a huge sorry for me in DC's um, just because I thought he was the most likely to win that power forward job in Miami and you know it looks like uh, the last couple of preseason games he started there so it looks like he's won the job um, we had a huge power forward, which had a huge forward run. I'm sorry, in the uh, in the 13th round, we got Kelly Oubre, Trey Murphy, DeAndre Hunter, and Patrick Williams, and then um, the best player in the NBA, Russell Westbrook, goes off the board, followed by Karis LeVert, uh, Zach Collins, uh, a rookie, and Benedict Matherin, and Precious Achiwa. Uh, now none of your targets have gone, so yeah, Precision they're all there. Precision <laughs> here on who you want to take. Yeah, um, 
Uh, let's see. I think I'm going to go with uh, Reggie Jackson and Caleb Martin here, actually. I think I'm going to roll the dice to see if maybe quickly can come back. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Reggie Jackson and Caleb Martin are going to be my picks. Yeah, so Quickly's ADP and OCs is 175. So there is, uh, he has gotten drafted in all of them, but there is a good chance you can get him um, with one of your last uh, two picks. Yeah, and that might be slow going to you know to begin the season for quickly, just because until some playing time you know shakes out. Um, so you know maybe even if I don't get him and somebody drafts him, he could easily get dropped. And you know if I see that playing time tick up for him and he's on the waiver wire, there's going to be a lot of uh, fab getting thrown at him. I can tell you that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and one of the guys you took, Caleb Martin. Um, he's projected for 48% field goal percentage, 77% free throw percentage, a steal per game, a three per game, and 0.6 blocks with five rebounds. So he's like the perfect first guy off, first, second guy off the bench glue guy, sort of like a Dorian Finney-Smith type, where you can just plug in when somebody gets injured or when he has, you know, three games in uh, four days, something like that, uh, you know, that'll just – you know, you know he's going to play a lot of minutes and give you solid categories outside of uh, scoring. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're just kind of looking to get. Uh, it could be one of those guys where if he's got like a you know a three game, um, you know, first half of the week versus you know somebody who's got a two game first half of the week. You know, I, he's easily a guy you could plug in there for that first half of the week. And he could take off, and you know, he could see a lot more usage with Miami because they like to. You know, if when Jimmy Butler misses time, um, he's gonna he's obviously gonna see his usage go up. But yeah, the percentages and just chipping in kind of across the board, uh, he's perfect guy to have on your bench. And Reggie Jackson is, um, you know, he's gonna give you threes, uh, not great scoring, but you know, not bad, um, and mostly assists and uh, a great free throw percentage. Um, but like you said, he could end up being uh, the starting point guard for the Clippers, and that would certainly help his value. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, John Wall, is you know, it's a great story. We'd like to see him come back strong. Um, but he hasn't really played in a couple of years, and we just don't know what we're going to get from John Wall. And I think we kind of know what we're going to get from Reggie Jackson. And – you know, we'll see. Well, if, if he's coming off the bench, okay, he's an easy drop. It's no big deal um, down here in the, you know, in the reserve reserve spots for me. So I think it's worth a shot, especially with the, you know, he's got, I think he's got an extra game this first half of the week. So, or the first, uh, first week of the season. So it's nothing yes. exciting, that's for sure. <laughs> that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, we got Alex Caruso, uh, Grant Williams, who's going to, and it's with Robert Williams injured. Uh, Santi Aldama, who looks to be uh, the starting four for the Grizzlies, um, and has had a decent preseason. Uh, Mike Connolly, Thomas Bryant, Will Barton, Andre Drummond, Jalen Suggs, and Caleb Martin's brother, Cody Martin, all off the board in the 14th round. Um, Oh, go ahead. 
I was just say we're we're kind of getting down to the scraps here, right? You know, it's just the guys that a lot of these guys that are going to be drafted here in the last couple of rounds are going to be, you know, obviously the first guys dropped. So we'll see. Um, I'm not even really sure who I'm targeting here, to be honest with you. Um, I think like my my first week is is pretty set. Maybe I'll just take some take some upside guys here. Uh, maybe um, you know this could be. Uh, you know, if Manuel quickly is there, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna take him. Uh, but like Tyus Jones, I just don't know if I could pull the trigger on him. Kind of like I said, he's more of a DC play. Uh, he's more of a, uh, and Fab leagues, he's more of a waiver wire pickup. I could be looking at maybe a Javale McGee, who's going to be the starting center for Denver or for Dallas. Um, you know, he could be an option. But I already have three centers, so you know, I, I, it's 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 nice, right? Like I don't feel like I have a, a severe need here, and you know. That's that's a good thing. Absolutely, um, some players that have really gone up in value uh, due to the preseason, like Jalen Williams, was someone who's off the board already. Uh, he's someone you would uh, a guy like that is someone you would take a, a shot on. Uh, Poygusevski is another guy who's off the board. Um, I'm just trying to look through players that have kind of stood out in the preseason. Um, They've basically already all have been taken. Uh, Joshua Primo uh, is an interesting guy to me because um, I've heard that the Spurs really like him. And even though Trey Jones is most likely going to start, I could see Primo getting a lot of run and he could be a solid, you know, scoring threes, assists type of player. Uh, the defensive stats really aren't there, but, you know, Maybe take a chance on him with one of your last picks, and uh, he could be decent for you. You know, and if he's not, you move on. Yeah, he's been solid in the preseason too. Um, you know, he's kind of he had that injury, um, left MCL just a couple of weeks ago, but it seems like he's back and he's fine. So it's like he's going to be in the rotation for sure. He's super young. I did take him on my last DC, and yeah, he, he's a. Uh, He's definitely an option here for me in the last couple picks. I think I would actually take him over Tyus Jones. Um, I don't know, actually. I shouldn't say that. I do like Tyus Jones. <laughs> and he's the backup as well. So, um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't need a position, which is nice. Um, you know, I got I have three centers already, so I don't, I don't need a, to target a position at all. Plenty of forwards, plenty of guards, so. Yeah, I guess oh, there goes Joshua Primo as we were just talking about him. There you go. Joshua Primo goes uh, to Team 9. Bruce Brown is another sort of like volume guy. He's, you know, he's going to play a ton of minutes, and he kind of rounds out your bench and just fills in for anyone that gets injured. Uh, Chris Boucher, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to get enough minutes, but same type of deal. Uh, Kyle Anderson, another along the lines of Bruce Brown. He's going to play minutes. And, uh, you know, it's not a horrible player to round out your bench with. But yeah, it does get tough here because, again, you're probably going to drop these guys, almost definitely going to drop these guys. Right. So it's, um, it's hard until you, until you see games. Once you see minutes in stone, uh, that's, you know, that's where the crazy first week uh, fab run is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, there actually is uh, 
a guy that I'm going to target. Um, I just thought of him. He's a guy that hit 241 threes last year and has locked into the starting starting lineup for the New York Knicks, and it's Evan Fournier. Um, not not an exciting player by any means, but those threes, like that's uh, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like get the guys that can kind of spike categories for you, and if you know, it's not going to be somebody who I want in my lineup week in and week out. But if he's got an extra game, uh, that's somebody that I would um, that I would put in there. Now it's kind of weird because I'm gonna and the, <laughs> there goes Emmanuel quickly. quickly. So yeah, yeah. Um, so Emmanuel quickly off the board. So uh, yeah, Evan Fournier is going to be uh, a for sure target for me here. And then I might just go with Tyus Jones. And, and is a man is uh, Evan Fournier forward or guard on NFB? Fournier's guard. He's a guard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be just a little weak at forward, but I got enough to cover um, for for Middleton. So uh, yeah, these are my last two picks. I'm going to go with Evan Fournier, and I'm going to go with I'm going to take Tyus Jones. Okay. Know, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do to round out the draft. Yeah, maybe. Um... You know, John Rank gets injured the first four games of the season, and you have uh, the money fab pick of the week. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I don't want to wish injuries on anybody, but I wouldn't mind him missing a few weeks at least. Give me uh, give me those <laughs> Tyus Jones stats for a few weeks start the year. <laughs> yeah, KJ Martin is another guy that sort of uh, showed out in preseason so far. Uh, Mason Plumley. Um yeah, again, these are guys that are almost definitely going to be dropped. Mm-hmm. I actually don't. I actually don't mind the Patrick Beverly pick. Um, going to be the starting point guard for the Lakers. Uh, Russell Westbrook's going to come off the bench. Uh, I don't. I don't mind that pick at all. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a guy that is great on a per game basis, but gets in gets injured like every other week. I had him on all of my teams last year, and he is infuriating to roster. He just cannot stay healthy to save his life. And I think he's already out for the first, at least opening night. Yeah, yeah, he is out for the first uh, week or so of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, looking at this, you know, this team I put together, I think you know my, my most questionable pick is probably going to be Jamal Murray for me. Um, he just wasn't really a target coming in, um, but the upside's there, and you know, we'll see if he can bounce back from that from that injury. And you know, it, he missed all of last year, so he should be good to go. Uh, the the minutes, minutes restriction for him, but you know, that's kind of probably my, my most questionable pick, I guess I would say. Uh, but I mean, that's where you take the shot on the upside, like we said earlier. So uh, yeah, what, I mean, what do you think about this roster that I put together? I like it a lot, especially at the top. Uh, I like what you did. Gary Trent isn't a pick I would have made, but um, other than that, I really like what you did with the first uh, ten or so round picks. And again, like once Milton comes back. You probably uh, move Adams. Uh, I mean, you can hold on to him just because he's great in rebounds and blocks, but you'd move him to the bench. Um, I think Dusamu can end up being an impact player for you, and then you're just going to be fab in those last two, three, four roster spots. Uh, but I really like what you did at the top. I think you did a, a good job of building around Jokic. Yeah, you know, we've said this multiple times, but building around Jokic is, you know, it's pretty fairly easy it's just kind of the direction you want to go um you just got to make sure when you take yogurt you got to make sure you get uh you know an elite block guy and uh you know it's it's tough to get more of an elite block guy than miles turner so 
we just got to pray for health. You know, Paul George and Miles Turner, very injury prone. So it's, you know, it's a little nerve wracking having those guys in the second and third round, but those per game numbers, it's just, uh, it's just too much for me to pass up at pick 24 with Paul George. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's not a pick I would make, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping for you. He plays 65, 70 games. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any shares, but you know, I want us both yeah. to do well. I want us both to do well this year. And I know you have a couple of shares of Paul George, so I hope he stays healthy for your sake. Yeah. So, that- you know, like, like I said, I, I, I have a main event tomorrow night as well from the two spot. And um, it's, you know, I'm not going to roster Paul George likely on that. I don't want to have a hundred percent shares in my two biggest leagues. Right. So uh, he's probably going to be a fade. Now I would, I hope LeBron James falls to me again tomorrow night, but he probably won't. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go tomorrow night, but you know, this was awesome. This tonight was awesome. And um, yeah. Yeah. I guess anything else you want to say about the, about the board here? No, no, that was fun. Um, uh, it's crazy to me how much different, like fast, OC main style drafts go than DCs when it's slow and people take their time. And uh, you know, I don't think it's panic picks. Uh, well, it might be, but it's it's uh, it's crazy how different everything goes. Fast draft that happens, you know, so quickly, and you have to be on your toes ready for like your targets to be taken and your backup plan. It's a, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, I was actually thinking about doing a fast DC, but um, I already did six DCs and uh, you know, this is my, those are all slow and this is my, my first fast draft of the year. So yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, it's good. It's again, it's easy to build around Jokic because um, you can kind of just go in the direction you want. You can just kind of take best player available in your eyes and, uh, you know, it's kind of what I did there with the first few rounds. And, you know, then you just ro- round out your roster by hitting, going, you know, targeting categories and stuff. So, yeah, it was fun. Uh, thanks for hosting and um, hope everybody enjoyed the live stream. Those are watching. And if you're listening um, on the podcast, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you for once again tuning in to another episode of the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. Ryan and I really appreciate the support. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Pile of Dial. Ryan is at Ven underscore Armbarn. In the words of the legendary Kevin Gates, why accept failure when success is free? Peace.